Hello everyone, my name is Alia and we're back with our The Letter from the Past section. Here, I try to help you delve a bit deeper into the boundless and extraordinary culture of Russia. Today, as usual, we're going to dispel stereotypes about Russian culture and its people with the help of letters. Why letters? That is because I believe in understanding history through the words of people, through their feelings and emotions. Now, I offer you to go back in time with me and learn more about Russian past, daily routine and real life. While we're getting started, do not forget to subscribe to our channel and social media. You'll find the links in the description. And don't forget to leave your reactions and comments so that we can keep on posting new episodes. It was the 10th of December in 1933 when Ivan Bunin got the Nobel Prize. He was the first Russian-speaking writer to win this honorary award. However, by 1933, it had already been long enough since he left Russia. In Soviet Union, there were prolonged attempts to erase his name, to bury it into oblivion. I've collected a few letters from the writer. These ones are about him getting the Nobel Prize and getting used to the life of an immigrant. Let's try to dive into the atmosphere of those years and figure out what Bunyan was going through during this harsh time. As you probably know, 1917 was the year when communists seized power in the Russian Republic and declared their dictatorship. It were them who implemented censorship and death penalty and started following the opponents of their regime. Then a civil war began and hundreds of thousands of people died. From the very beginning, Ivan Bunin took a stand against the Soviet government. He considered it to be lawless and totally disgusting. Here is what Bunin wrote about his life in Moscow in 1919. Yesterday we were allowed to walk till eight in the evening. Ridden with hunger and fatigue, we had only 200 rubles per day to survive. It is terrible to think what is going to happen to us if the government remains the same. However, Bunyan refused to live in wait for the Soviet government to ruin his life. He fled the country where the civil war was at its peak. Therefore, he saved his life. At first, he fled to Constantinople, present-day Istanbul. Then he went to Sofia and, in 1920, he moved to Paris. Here is what the writer's wife, Vera Bunina, writes about their resettlement. I saw the Russian coast for the last time. I cried. I was overcome by a heavy feeling. There were so many people that couldn't go to the bathroom at night. There were sleeping people all around, on the tables, under the tables, at the passages, on the desk, in cars. Bodies. Bodies everywhere. Bunyan himself didn't mention these events in his diary. Not a word is here to show us that he was living through such a shocking experience. In fact, he didn't write at all during these harsh years of his life. But that shouldn't surprise us. By that time, a considerable number of immigrants already lived in France. The names of famous writers who have also immigrated must be familiar to you. Nabokov, Kuprin, Mirishkovsky, Gorky, Bunyan became one of them. I hardly saw Paris this week, but met many Russians. Only servants remained as that we weren't in Russia. This is what Vera Bunyan wrote about France. For a moment, it seemed that life in France wouldn't be that difficult. There were many Russian traders who fled Russia as well, lots of friends, and all the emigrants knew French. 
Nevertheless, things weren't too easy. The traders had their own things to care about. At one point, friends began to fight and drift apart. The last thing that Bunyan had left was faith. The faith in the Bolsheviks' defeat and in the possibility of coming back home, in having his life back. The mere thought of that was the only thing that kept him going during the darkest times. Eventually, even this faith began to gradually slip away. The writer realized that he would never return to his homeland. With time, gloomy French poverty began absorbing the Bunyan family. Nobody wanted to publish the works of a Russian writer, so they barely made ends meet, losing mere hope for a brighter future. Years fly by. It is already 1933. What is going on in the world at this time? Imagine. It's year 1933. Hitler becomes the Reich Chancellor of Germany. His propaganda machine starts working throughout the country. The freedom of speech, press and assembly is abolished. The Great Depression takes over the USA. Roosevelt becomes the President of the United States. And begins establishing a new type of economy, which is aimed at the social support of people. Passports are introduced in the Soviet Union. At the time, that sounded like a great and useful novelty with lots of potential. But, in fact, the introduction of passports results in peasants being unable to leave their villages and go to their cities, as it is now forbidden for them. This is also the time when the construction of the White Sea Canal, a canal connecting the White Sea and Lake Onega, is finally completed. During the construction, they used the labor of prisoners. As a result of terrible treatment and dreadful work conditions, more than 50,000 people die during these three years. Such was the harsh time between the First and Second World War, the time of formation of terrible totalitarian states and of the world pending another war. This was also the time of completely distress for Bunyan. He kept thinking about the horror of the world order. He was overwhelmed by the loneliness. He read Tolstoy a lot and contemplated God, his purpose and his place in this world. Here's what he wrote on July 13th, 1933. At night, moonlight sonata filled my body and my mind. And to think that it is all of God's doing, that all the beautiful things in the world and in the human soul are about love for a woman. But what is a woman really? As charming and melancholic as it is, this sadness is something that attracts me in Bunyan. I can't help but be astonished by these perplexing fates and by reading about people still unaware of the happiness they're about to experience. Here is another one of Bunyan's notes, which demonstrates quite clearly his financial and emotional state during those years. Date, October 1st, 1933. It goes, It was Vera's birthday yesterday. Gala bought a piece of sausage, that was how we celebrated. What a great and prosperous life have I lived. This was written three months before Bunyan got the Nobel Prize. This is how terrible the situation Russian writers found themselves in emigration was. The Nobel Prize granted the writers an opportunity to get the money they so desperately needed. With that money, they could do a lot of things, but most importantly, live a normal life. However... There was something else that writers appreciated most, and by that I mean international recognition. This is the thing that lasts forever. They needed proof that everything they did wasn't for nothing, all those hardships, horrors, and suffering. 
They wanted to know that someone could appreciate their endeavor. Bunyan really hoped to get that award. He obsessed over it. This is what he wrote in his diaries on October 1933. Yesterday and today, I am seized by thinking and trying not to think. All the expectation and the feeling of timid hope sometimes... And then a surprise. No, this cannot be real. The anticipation of resentment, bitterness in the center of it all may be the Lord's will. That is what I need to keep saying. But Bunyan, as you know, did get the award. No words can be found to describe his joy. He was so worried about receiving it. He went through so much. Not that long ago, he lived in poverty and now perhaps he could secure himself comfort and more importantly, immortal glory. There is fanfare in the ballroom. The king enters with his family and their courtiers follow them. We go out on the stage. The king is standing. The whole ballroom is standing. Then there is silence again. Everyone gets up one more time and I approach the king. I walked slowly. I go down the stairs. I go up to the king. His height taking me by surprise. He hands me a cardboard box and a case with a medal, then shakes my hand and says a few words. A flash of magnesium, they are taking our picture. His life was not the same after that. During the first months, Bunyan did not miss a chance to paint the town red. He traveled a lot, gave interviews and autographs. He began writing new books and they were getting published. Him being awarded with the Nobel Prize changed the lives of Russian immigrants altogether. Now, Russian writers were treated differently. They were published more often and they were getting higher royalties. With his prize, Bunyan changed the attitude towards contemporary Russian literature and simplified the life of many immigrants. But money didn't change Bunyan at all. He continued to value the little things in life and remain true to himself. My whole life, I have never understood how it is possible to find the meaning of life in the service, in the household, in politics, in profit, in the family. I always looked with true fear at all this prosperity, the acquisition and possession of which absorbed a person. Moreover, the excess of the pettiness of this prosperity aroused hatred in me. This is one of the last entries in his diaries, which is not dated. And that's Bunyan, even at the peak of fame and recognition, realizing that he will remain in Russian and world history, Ivan Bunyan felt something more. Some other eternal thoughts occupied his mind, focusing him to write and create. Ivan Bunyan dies in 1953 at the age of 73. Stalin died in the same year. The terrors of the Soviet Union started to come to an end. Gradually, the publishing houses started to distribute Bunyan's books in his homeland. Many of his works were published in 1956. Some were even included in the school curriculum. And today, Bunyan is one of the most prominent Russian writers of the 20th century, whose life and work seem to have absorbed all the horrors in the beginning of the century and at the same time remained about something else, something more meaningful than the challenges of time. And although Bunyan's life wasn't easy, most of the time he was facing hardships and restrictions, on the inside he managed to remain a free man whose writing will stay in history forever. It is wonderful that Bunyan's faith in his highest goal was justified. It seems to me that this very faith is what kept him afloat so far from his homeland. The faith in himself, in his talent. And that's great. 
This episode is one of the darker ones, but I'd hate to leave you on that note. I mean, it all turned out fine at the end, right? Bunyan still received the award, so cheer up! I really hope that this story will make you believe that anything is possible, and most importantly, it will show you that even the lives of such prominent and successful figures in Russian, and not only Russian history, aren't always as perfect as they seem at the first glance. This is not something you'd read in textbooks, but I think such dark parts are just as important to share as the bright ones. I hope this episode gave you some food for thought, and now you you'll be able not only to look at Bunyan's works from a new perspective, but also to get a fuller picture of the state of the Russians and their culture during this time. It was an episode of The Letter of the Past, and my name is Alia. Subscribe and rate us. And read Bunyan! Bunyan.